Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Narratives of Purpose. I am your host, Claire Morigande. On this podcast, I bring you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary social impact. On today's episode, there are no new guests with me. Rather, I will share with you some previously unreleased interview segments to conclude this first season. You'll hear from a handful of guests that you had the opportunity to get to know in the past episodes. I will start with Pauline Kölbel, founder of AfriProspect and SheEquity, whose primary focus is African female-led innovative startups. Pauline tells me more about the first companies SheEquity has invested in. I will then give you some more clips of my conversation with Anna Maria Angarita and Isabel Brucha, both co-founders of Capacity, a talent and startup incubator for refugees and migrants in Switzerland. Anna Maria and Isabel share how Capacity actually started, what makes the diversity of its team, and which process to follow if you're interested in becoming a mentor with their entrepreneurship program. There is also a part of my discussion with Thomas Boshart, co-owner of Earthly, a medical device company. Thomas tells me how his collaboration with Dr. Sanduk Rohit, a world-renowned eye surgeon from Nepal, how this collaboration has impacted his work and that of his employees. Finally, Alessandra Patti, founder of Find Your Way Coaching and university lecturer on assertive communication, shares the importance of self-care during the current pandemic. Do take a moment to rate and review this show through your preferred podcast platform or through our social media channels, be it through LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter. And now, let's get started. My very first guest on this podcast was Pauline Kölbel. Pauline described herself simply as a woman with a passion and purpose to make a difference in this world. Now, that sounds simple indeed, but believe me, there is a lot of hard work behind it. And hard work is not something that Pauline shies away from. In fact, Pauline is an innovation champion catalyst. Among her numerous achievements was leading the Innovation Prize for Africa during several years and during which many innovative entrepreneurs were supported to get their ideas and their products into the market. So in our conversation, I wanted to know what led her to create her new ventures, Afri Prospect and She Equity, and what type of innovative, impactful and sustainable companies she is looking to fund through She Equity. So here is Pauline telling me about the three first companies she has invested in. Have a listen. So I, I have a bigger pipeline in terms of uh, the company we could invest in, but right now we have invested it in, a, in three companies. So one is called uh, Superfluid. Um, they based in, the, um, in Ghana and Kenya, mm-hmm. and they are in the business of data analytics and uh, credit scoring. So basically, one of the key problem that they're addressing right now is like a, um, the big data issue and the who owns the data. So that's number one. So making sure that Africans actually own African data in the key sector, it's very, very important. The second is uh, the, the credit scoring. 
you probably know when you go to borrow money in general, they want to know what's your credit story, history, mm -hmm. they want to see your collateral. And most of the things many Africans in informal economy or early stage businesses, they, do, they don't have those. So what uh, Superfluid has set up is a system to be able to digitize a traditional practice of way of assessing credit scoring in a way that uh, someone who would otherwise be turned down by a bank because they don't have a collateral or they haven't borrowed and paid back many times in a formal setting, they actually can tick the box and be able to access the capital. Mm -hmm. Meaning also from, from the person who's borrowing perspective, uh, they have access to capital that was locked otherwise. And on the other hand, uh, the banks are able actually to invest in, the, in, the, in the startups, which could become the, the unicorn or camels, as they call them right now, right? So, so it's a win-win. So the, the second one is called With Energy. Um, they are based in Zambia, and it's a social for-profit enterprise uh, committed to empowering African women in clean energy uh, through last mile distribution of clean, reliable, and affordable energy solutions. And, and this is a, a, a fully women-run company. And what they have done as well is like a, across the value chain of distribution, they only work mainly with women, which is really like the whole trickle down women empowering women, mm -hmm. and the whole society winning. Um, and the last one we recently invested in, it's called Ecodudu. And they are in, in a ways to value business, like a circular economy. Uh, which basically they use, uh, they recycle organic waste into high protein animal feed and produce organic fertilizer using the black soldier fly. So in terms of the pro product, they say they have like, um, they are uh, insect protein plus also the biofertilizer, but at the same time, they do also waste management. And all of those companies, they are either co-founded and co-led by women or they're fully um, led by women. Uh, again, the impact is huge. The remarkable thing about Pauline is her passion to solve challenges women face. With her new venture, She Equity, she aims to address the gender funding gap for African women entrepreneurs through gender lens investing. And as she says, the potential for impact is huge since Quote, women reinvest about 90% of their revenue in sector activity that benefit their family and societies, compared to about 40% for men, end quote. So there you have it, food for thought. And by the way, gender funding gap is not only an issue on the African continent. Female business founders around the world don't have equal opportunities as men do to access capital. There's an increasing need to challenge the status quo and change the future of funding. Let's stay in the entrepreneurship environment for a while, but move from Africa and go to Europe. In January, I had my first duo guests on the podcast, two of Capacity Zurich co-founders, namely Anna Maria Angarita and Isabel Brucha. So Capacity is an organization that offers entrepreneurship programs to facilitate the socioeconomic inclusion of people with refugee and migrant background in Switzerland. I asked Anna Maria when their organization was funded. Listen to her answer. Yes, Capacity was founded in 2015. 
uh, perhaps I can give you a little bit of history uh, about that. And, and that happened basically when a group of, I believe it was around 30 people came together, uh, people with background in you know, so social justice, or they were doctors or uh, psychiatrists, uh, NGO volunteers, and people working with refugees, they got together to discuss the issue of long-term unemployment of refugees in Switzerland. And so together, um, they identified entrepreneurship as, a, as, the, as the best tool to actually enable refugees and migrants to uh, become economic self-sufficient, and also, I guess, as a, as a tool to integrate better in the society. That, that was the, the big meeting that marked the beginning of Capacity. Now, Capacity is only six years old, and within this period, they have had quite some achievements. In addition to getting opportunities to take part in high-level meetings with international organizations and the Swiss government, they have actually graduated 96 entrepreneurs from 51 countries, which really shows the existing demand of such projects. I was curious to know about which languages are spoken within their organization and how they communicate among all these different nationalities. Here's what Ana Maria and Isabel told me. So the, the programs that we offer are bilingual. Everything we, we do, every workshop that we offer, every event that we hold, um, they're in English and German. And within the team, we do have a, a large number of um, Spanish speakers within the team, but uh, we also have team members from Russia, from Slovakia, from the UK, uh, also Switzerland. We speak English mainly, but, uh, but we know that everything we do is in both languages. I, I would like to add something there. For many people, it's interesting that Ana Maria and I, myself, are Colombian. As well, our other co-founder, Valentina, is Colombian too. But we met through capacity. We, we have never met before, but it was this work that attracted uh, many of us. And we always see that Colombians come to us often. It has to do with the fact that uh, Colombia had a civil war for the longest time. And uh, we have been touched in one way or another through the war. So I, uh, this, this topic of migration and asylum seeking process has touched every life in Colombia practically. And at the same time, the Colombians are known as being very entrepreneurial too. So uh, sometimes we have um, more than one uh, applicant that is Colombian, which we always think is very funny, <laughs> but we are, we are not doing it intentionally. And sometimes it's interesting to see that the three of us have strong ties to Colombia still. Well, Isabel told me something new there. I wasn't aware that Colombians were known to be very entrepreneurial. Another question that I had asked was how to get involved and how to engage as a volunteer mentor in their program. Listen to Ana Maria once again. If you're interested in volunteering your time as mentor or as a coach uh, during the program, the entrepreneurship program, either the, the launch phase or the boost phase, um, the best way to go about it is asking your employer. So telling your employer about capacity, 
putting us in contact so that we can present to your company the corporate volunteering opportunity. Usually it's quite fundamental to uh, running the program because volunteers coming from companies usually subsidize the participation of the entrepreneurs in the program. So if you're based in Switzerland and wish to support capacity by sharing your expertise, I think there is a great opportunity to contribute through your employer's corporate social responsibility program. Get in touch with Capacity to know more. You'll find the link to their homepage in the show notes. Now let's jump from business funding and entrepreneurship to healthcare. In episode 5, I hosted yet another guest duo, namely Dr. Sanduk Ruit, an ophthalmologist and eye surgeon based in Kathmandu, Nepal, and Thomas Bosshardt, co-owner of a Swiss-based medical device company. Both Dr. Ruit and Thomas have been carrying out impactful work in the field of cataract surgery, and throughout our conversation, they shared with me how they had established a long-lasting collaboration. In particular, Thomas explained how he gained a new perspective on emerging markets. Have a listen to this exchange I had with him. Well, to me, when I go back, one, one, one thing with the work with Dr. Reed, what I've learned from him, especially when I visit him, visited him then also for the first time in, uh, in Kathmandu, with now 11, 10 years since I've been there uh, the first time, I started to understand how important and how valuable uh, the developing market markets uh, can be, and also that we have a strong obligation to uh, share technology and quality uh, with those countries. Because you must understand that, the, especially from in countries like, uh, like Nepal or also in India, there are so many good surgeons and there are so, so heavy cases of eye surgery and how they mm-hmm. solve it with very, very basic equipment. So I started to be completely open-minded towards those, uh, those markets. I started to travel India, Vietnam, uh, countries like the Philippines is also so interesting uh, in the East and of course China and so on and there is so much ongoing and we can so learn so much how that vast quantity of people uh, can receive a, a surgery so it's com- it's a completely different aspect from from the West or our Western world mm-hmm. and this is really something I also learned thanks to this collaboration with uh, Dr. Rui. This is what basically the starting point when I started to look towards those emerging uh, uh, markets. And so it's one a huge opportunity, A, and B, it's also an obligation and something which makes so much sense that we invest, uh, invest in this market. That's very inspiring. And I can imagine that this is something you also bring back home in your company. And that's why perhaps Dr. Yurit, you were saying that all these employees have this motivation and positive attitude because they know what they're doing and what they're contributing to, right? Oh, yes. I mean, I remember that day where uh, there is this wonderful movie with Dr. Uh, Dr. Ruit and uh, Jeff Tabin, another American surgeon who supports him uh, a lot. Uh, and it's called Out of the Darkness. And you can, in some sequences, you can see how he's doing surgery with our equipment. And they're walking miles over hill and dales for days and are bringing the equipment to do surgeries on those patients. And when that movie came out, we ranked it a whole movie theater 
uh, for our uh, all of our employees. And we went there and watched that uh, movie together. It was cool to see because so many, so many of our employees afterwards had tears in their eyes to see what they are actually doing, what is actually going to happen with the products which they are producing. And it's not always easy to bring, you know, we are producing or manufacturing a product which we by ourselves can never use. We are not doctors. Okay, so it's hard for us to judge on quality and patient's outcome and we are not there in the OR Mm -hmm. and afterwards all the time talking to the patients. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a product which you can use at home where everybody has an opinion about it. And that was very helpful Mm -hmm. to bring just the work which we do closer to our employees who actually are doing all the great work. That was a wonderful thing. What a great way to share with your employees or your teams the impact of their work and to recognize their valuable contribution. Such experiences truly bring people closer together. To conclude this episode, a few words from one of my most recent guests. She is Alessandra Patti, an assertiveness skills and mental well-being coach, but also lecturer on assertive communication. Alessandra shared her passion for learning and supporting others to overcome challenges, but also her passion for self-care. I asked her about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on her daily work. Here's what she said. So, of course, everything became remote also for me, right? So the coaching in groups uh, within companies, of course, is is uh, remote, is virtual. My one-to-one clients and the, the university lectures and the other things I do are also remote. But for me, the the online, of course, changed because I used to also meet clients in person. But I was working from home before because remember that entrepreneurship is a lot about also um, working alone. So what I had to do, of course, is to really spike uh, more and more self-care. And actually, I do a lot of self-care in different times uh, per day. For example, so imagine a total of two hours, not like two hours in a row, but really in certain moments of the day when I know I need it the most. And I work from home also with my husband and we we look like a logistic team. <laughs> okay, lunchtime you do sport and then I do this and I cook and then you clean. So, so I think it's a lot about also the people you live with. And if you are alone, I think, it's really, really could be a struggle to organize. This is why I always say staying connected with others. And this has made a difference for me also to be connected with my family, always on camera. This wasn't happening so much before the pandemic. So we were talking over the phone, but less on camera. And now I did it and really helped my happiness really to be, to be connected. And I do know that if in a, in a certain moment I would need for help, I would ask for it. So For example, coaching is great complementary solution together with psychotherapy, for example, right? So I do believe, of course, in psychotherapy. And if a person goes into a crisis, uh, they should immediately also contact a professional. And that's the same thing I would do if I would feel that I have this need. But I, I do know that it's not always easy to recognize. This is why I always really tell everybody, practice self-care and listen to your body and mind what is telling you to, to monitor this. And anyone can have challenges and sports help helps me a lot books are really also super companions and uh, and music too and the dancing i i told you also at the beginning is an important part of my life so that really helped me i think we we all have struggles as human beings it's just it's just normal to to not be 100 all the time 
I couldn't agree more with Alessandra. Take the time to listen to what your body and mind are telling you, to monitor what happens. That's the first step in noticing any changes and taking action. Practicing self-care is indeed important. And that's it. We are at the end of this last episode. I truly hope that this additional content has been insightful for you. I have had great conversations and wonderful guests throughout these past months. They shared their passion and their commitment to a purpose. So I trust their stories have been inspiring to you. That was episode 11, a bonus episode with previously unreleased interview segments for the end of season 1. Can you believe that since the beginning of this show in December, you have been listening in from over 30 countries across all continents? That is simply amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in again today and catching this last episode. I am really grateful for you taking the time. Right now, it's a short break until the summer. I will be back for the second season, bringing you more stories of social impact. Until the next episode, take care of yourselves, stay well, and as always, stay inspired.